Hello everyone, welcome back to my channel and to the wonderful world of fairies. So we're now on the letter S. We start with the Sila, known as the Sahala. In Arabic law, the Sahala were believed to be the offspring between jinn and humans. And although partially mortal, these fairy beings are considered to be subspecies of the jinn. Living in forests and loving to dance, the Sahala have been said to capture people and force them to be their dancing partners. Hated by wolves, apparently, Sahala were also said to be fearful of them. So much so, even the image of a wolf would repel them. <clears throat> when attacked by a wolf, the Sahala would cry out for assistance. But it was custom to ignore these cries and leave the hybrid to its fate. And the next is Sadak. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Nature spirits in born religion of Tibet. The Sahadag earth movers live within the earth, lakes and springs. Each region has its own, acting as its protective guardian and its image, which also widely varies, is portrayed on local temples. Saba Lipia, similar to Hamadryads of classical Greek mythology, the Saba Lipia paddy butterfly. The tree spirits or gnats from Burmese folklore. They are especially the guardian of rice crops and do appear as butterflies. After the harvest has been taken in and the crop sold off, a small amount of rice from each field is kept in a container so before replanting next season, the token rice can be returned to the area from where it came. The Sabda in the folklore of Ireland, Sabda were a woman of the Sihi. Um, she was also the fairy mother of Oisin, the legendary greatest poet of Irish history. Sassi Pierre, also known as just Sassi, but the variations are Sassi Pierre. In the Afro-Brazilian folklore, the Sassi was one of the one-legged primordial dwarf. Described as wearing a red hood and smoking a pipe made of seashell. He also had holes in his hands in some stories. The Sassi have magical powers and travel by means of whirlwinds. Less of a prankster and more of a minor annoyance. Sassi cause eggs to not hatch, release animals from their pens and spill salt. Sassi do not have the ability to cross running water and are compelled to stop and untie knots. <laughs> So if you have one <coughs> following you, chasing you, just tie knots everywhere, right? <coughs> and it will have to stop and untie them. Salamander, the hermetic and neoplatonic doctrine from which all medieval medicine and science were founded, describes four elemental classes, air, earth, fire and water. Salamanders belong to the fire, gnomes to the earth. Nereids, undines to the water, and sylphs to the air. Salamanders look exactly like the amphibians they are named after and were believed to be powerful beings. They were well aware of their own value to magicians and are considered to be supreme in elemental hierarchies. Yes, they really are. Doing what I do and being what I do, we work with the salamanders, the dwarfs, the undines, and the sylphs. They're all very important. Sab. Now, where this is pronounced is Sal Benili, but also known as Salvanili and Strega, meaning witch. Um, I know it as the Strega rather than the Salvanili. Um, I've never heard of it as the Salvanili with the B, with the V, but I do know it as a Strega witch. They are um, a quarter fairy being from the folklore of northern Italy and they are considered to be fairy hybrids, so they're like part witch, part fairy. Salirandis by Peter Lizards in Welsh fairy lore. 
the Celia of benign, but their sudden appearance can be startling. These three are naturally always cold. They do not have the ability to create fire for themselves. When they are seen, it is always near a fireplace. Sagfroloin, a type of wood nymph from the Tyrol region of Austria. Sagfroloin, similar to the Hamadryad of Greek mythology, was a fairy of the larch tree. It typically would take the appearance of a young maiden dressed in all white. They could be said to be heard singing throughout the woods. And that's where the white lady comes into play from the, uh, you know, the ghost of the white lady. So, in my belief, growing up, whether you want to call it a ghost, the white lady ghost, you know, a woman dressed in white, um, singing in a hypnotic way or a mourning way, you know, whether you want to call it a spirit or not is entirely up to you. Everybody has their own beliefs, right? But me growing up, this is what they were. They were actually, generally, they were dryads, you know, or hammer dryads. Um, they were definitely, the wo- the woman in white to us, our beliefs, is a fairy being. Generally from, it, well, it will belong to one of the trees nearby, but can move from tree to tree. The Solcanati. Solcanati is an APU who lives in the mountain peak in the Andes Mountains. Salmakis, also known as Salmachis. Salmakis was a nymph from the mythology of classical Greek and Rome. She was one of the naiads. Salven Ali, also known as Salvan Ali, like we've just spoke of the other. Sanguenello is its actual variation of its name. Sanguenello. Born of the union between the Aguain and the Silvani, the Sanguenolello were half a being from the folklore of northern Italy. The name of these hybrids refers to a glint of light which gleams off the surface of a mirror or a sparkling surface of water. It was not unusual for them to take a straga as its mate, a witch, as Italian fae and witches were said to share a common bloodline. So they are basically half witch, half fairy beings. Sam Hanak, a bogey goblin from the Scottish law, meaning a savage, is most active on the feast of Samhain, October the 31st, from which his name is derived. These malignant fairies are believed to steal children and cause general mischief. Samia, in Greek mythology, Samia was a naiad, a nymph, of the main town and island of Samos in Greek Agency. Sanyanitad, similar to the Elidan of Welsh fairy law, the Sanyanitad, Saint John and Father of Breton law, leads travellers astray at night exactly as the will of the whispers. The Sanyanitad is also described as elves holding candles and dancing around, causing the firelight to become beguiling. Sandman, Hmm. Variations. Mr. Sandman, obviously. <laughs> Originally in Scandinavian folklore, the Sandman was a nursery bogey used to frighten children into going to bed willingly. Those who did not were likely candidates to be victimised by this fairy. First he would rub sin in their eyes until their eyes popped out of the reds. Then he would collect their eyeballs and take them home to feed his own children, who lived on the crescent moon. Over time, the Sandman was a household fairy with a clown-like appearance that threw sand in the eyes of children who would not go to bed and go to sleep. The sand had magical properties, making them sleepy. I know the Sandman from the first one, not the second one, although I have heard of the story of the Sandman blowing dust and you know, but when I was told it, he used to take your eyeballs out and feed them to his kids. (laughs) Anyway, let's continue, shall we? Sangi Kado. Sangi Kado is the queen of the Kado, the female jinn. She's a succubus-like jinn who can fly through the air and is especially kind to humans. This demonic fairy does not have a human-like mind, but rather acts as an animal insect. It's essentially the Buddha Dakini from Hindu law and Lilith of Hebrew law. 
Why Lilith is Hebrew law, I don't know, because I was brought up knowing Lilith too. I don't know. Santa Claus. Now, Santa Claus has very, very different names. Chris Kringle, obviously, is his other name. But did you know he is also known as the Holly King, the Julianissi, the King of the Waning Year, the Klaubauf, the Nexulprucht, the Necht, the Krampus, the Chris Kringle, Meister Strobet, Pierre Fotold, Pierre Lenoir, Rampus, Robin Goodfellow, Summer Class Ruppels, Sanct Herr Nicholas, Santa Claus, Saint Nicholas, Santa Claus, Hans Trapp, Santa Claus, Saint Nicholas, and Zwart Piet. Santa Claus is singular, benevolent, happy, and smiling fairy. Who has always been portrayed as being portly, symbolic of the abundance he delivers onto others? Dressed in either green or red winter clothing, he sports a sprig of holly in his hat. The mythology of Santa Claus as a guardian of children who gives them presents once a year may have originated in Europe, Turkey. He is said to live in a grand palace high up in the sky or in the further reaches of the north. Deer are sacred to him and elves are in his service. Santa visits houses during the fairy hour, which is midnight, and uses a fairy whip to dive his team as he flies through the night sky, crying out the call of Robin, good fellow. Ho, ho, ho. Different regions of the world have their own name for this fairy. In Christian mythology, Santa Claus is, is the personification of the spirit of Christmas and did not wholly come into us until the 18th century in America. This is largely due to the Clement Clark Moore 1823 poem, The Night Before Christmas. The illustrator Thomas Nast gave Santa Claus his, his current appearance as the figure was widely used in Christmas ads in Harper's Magazine from 1860 to 1880. Nast portrayed Santa Claus as a bearded, fur-clad, obese older man. But I do want to tell you that Santa Claus was not that, okay? Um, Santa Claus was the Holly King to me, anyway. Um, you know, um, there's a song about it which it kind of explains how they took the antlers off his head and stuck them on his deer, you know. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go too much into it, but yeah. The Sakwasi Waman, satiated eagle, is an APU who lives on the mountain peak in Andes Mountains. Saladin, in the fairy tale Prince Featherhead and the Princess Saladin, Malé Prince Mouret, the fairy Saladin was the acquaintance of the fairy of the beech woods. Sasabon Sam, variations of this name is Casampiera. In the folklore of the Ashanti, West Africa, the Sasabon Sam are a collection of nature spirits who live in the forests, in and around the silk cotton tree. Like the Hamadryads of ancient Greek mythology, the Sasabon Sam will protect the tree it lives in, but will do so with extreme violence. The soil around the base of the tree, which is occupied by one of these fairies, has turned red, because this is where the Sasabonsam wipes itself clean of its victim's blood. Appearing as a small humanoid, these fairies have red skin, large bloodshot eyes, long straight hair. When walking through the forest, travellers need to be wary when walking beneath the cotton silk trees, as the Sasabonsam sits in its branches, dangling down its feet. When a person passes beneath, the highly territorial fairy will grab them up with its legs and drain the person of all their blood. In some versions of this myth, the Sasabon Sam is an individual singular being and his wife's name is Shamanthin. Just depends on which part, you know, you've been told it from. The next is Satire. In Greek mythology, Satires are a type of fairy or being, sort of nature spirit, Living in the mountains and woods, they were described as having the upper half of the man, the lower half of a goat, curly hair, flat noses, full beards, pointed ears, a long thick tail, and short goat horns, atop of the red. In art, satyrs were often depicted wearing a wreath of ivy on its head and carrying a 
Thyrsus, the rod of Dianos. Or Bacchus, depends what you want to call her. Tipped with pine cone in their hand. There are many origin stories from the creation of the Satyrs, but according to the Greek oral poet Hesiod, the Satyrs were born of the five Orid granddaughters of Phronius Satyrs. They were described by the poet as being worthless and unsuitable for work. The Satyrs' fondness for uninhabited carousing made them perfect companions for the gods Dionysus and Pan, obviously. So, as Dionysiac creatures, they are natural-born lovers of boys, women and wine. They play bagpipes, cymbals, castanets and pipes and love to dance with nymphs. Their fellow ageless immortals. Older satires were referred to as the Selene, and younger ones were called Satirisi. So yeah, satires is another interesting one where you can probably go back in time and, and read some really interesting stories regarding those. The Scantly Mab in British folklore. Scantly Mab was one of the assistants to the Habthrot, the spinning fairy. Described as having a deformed lip and a long hooked nose, Scantly Mab is admired for a devotion to her fairy queen mistress. Shlolan. In British folklore, the Shkjolan was one of the hounds of the Finn Macumhiel. So it has variations of its name, Shkolan. Sholam, Shkiolang. Hmm. It was bound to its master by a secret blood tie, for it was born while its mother had been bewitched and transformed into a hound. Um, they would have been born human, of course, themselves. Both hounds were excellent hunters, fighters and sentinels. Yeah, they're very interesting to read about as well, might I add. Um, I find them interesting anyway. Not everybody does, but yeah, I like reading about all the different ones. Skyla, Greek mythology. She was a water nymph. She was one of the Danids. Seatrau. Its other name is Seal Selki. In the Shetland Islands, the grotesque sea towels are believed to live on the bottom of the sea in their own region. They are said to remove the fish from the fishermen's hooks and nets to eat for themselves. Whenever they want to come on land, they must don the skin of some animal that is able of breathing while in the water, such as a half fish or seal. Although they are known to assume the form of mermen or mermaid, each sea trout only has one skin, and should it ever become lost, its owner would not be able to return. Generally, the sea trout was considered to be dangerous and are avoided whenever possible, but there are scant few tales of one being helpful or taking a human as a mate and marrying them. Sea witch. Many cultures have the mythology of the sea witch, a being who are widely described as supernatural beings who have sway over the fate of men at sea. According to British folklore, Sir Francis Drake, sold his soul to the devil to have the ability to be skilled admiral and seaman. In one story, the devil sent an army of sea witches to Drake's assistance, sinking the Spanish Armada in 1588. In the Hans Christian Andersen tale, The Little Mermaid, the physically repulsive sea witch lives in a house of bones and is powerful and cruel, if not an honest enchantress. A bargain with the mermaid has been compared to false pack, with the devil. There you go, Gabby. Something else where some idea came from regarding the little mermaid. Sila. <clears throat> a sila is a demonic species of creature in Arabic law. It's a type of jinn, but it's one offspring of a human and a jinn that ate human flesh. It's absolutely hideous in appearance. And they prey upon men, hunting and capturing them, forcing them to dance, torturing them and using them to practice their hunting techniques. Jeez, that sounds nice. Seasonal fairies. 
So seasonal fairies are present in many cultures. They're especially pop popular in African and Russian fairy lore. They generally are shape-shifting fairies and obviously quite seasonal. So, for example, Jack Frost, Mither of the Sea, Old Man Winter, Pilly Wiggins and Santa Claus. Sibyl Le Enchantressi. So, this was associated to the Queen of the Underworld and the Fairy Queen of the Sea. Another fairy with this name, Sibylle La Dame du Luc du Lac, was said to live within a castle in Perth Forest, surrounded by a river and a layer of fog so dense the water could not be seen. She was said to have incredible healing powers and use them both on Alexander the Great and Floridas. Each man spent two weeks under her care, but within the castle, only one day passed. <clears throat> Very interesting indeed. I like that. See Manlien. In Germany's Black Forest, the Sea Manlien waterman was a type of brownie that would work along people the whole day long, and by evening return to his home in the lake. Food was set aside for him. Obviously, he would accept it and eat it. And he would insist everyone be appointed a fair amount of work. Daily work least to become angry and toss things about. So, yeah, if you ever gave him clothes, he would absolutely do one and run away. Just, you know, same as any other brownie, I guess. The Selkie. Selkie, Selkie. Seal people. Living in the seas around the Orkney and Shetland Islands... The shape-shifting Selkie's seal often takes the form of grey seals or great seals as they travel through the ocean. There is a regional belief that Selkies are fallen angels who were not so evil. They partook in the war against heaven but were condemned to earth to live as they do for some far less trivial sin. When a Selkie comes upon land it removes its seal skin, covering and appears in all ways to be human. However, sometimes the folklore will say, like the meadow, the selkie have wide palms or webbing between their fingers and toes. It will hide the skin or guard it carefully, as it cannot return back to the ocean without it. Occasionally, a selkie will make contact with a human, and on rare occasions will take one as a mate. But those relationships never last. If the selkie is female, she will eventually return to the sea, if the selkie's male, it will, after seven years, offer its mate a fee for rearing the child wanting to return to the ocean with it. Unlike the mermaid, the selkie always appear in groups. They do not reside in a magical underwater kingdom decked out beautifully. Rather, the selkie are considered to be a completely different species of fairy who prefer to live in their own company and an outlying skerry. Yeah. Selkies are like seals, but they tend to look a little bit different. They tend to be slightly bigger and slightly darker. Selnozura. In the fairy tale, a fairy's blunder. The fairy Selnozura, who had fallen into poor health, was ordered by the doctors to tour the world with some fresh air. Selnozura happened upon Fountain Island, the land under the protection of the fairy. Dindonet, in an airship which flew a thousand nine hundred and fifty times faster than the fastest ship. While visiting the island, her adopted son, Konichon, and Wardupet drank from the ill enchanted fountain. Silvan. Although no one has ever seen the Silvan of Swift's fairy lore, it is well known to have a very mischievous nature. Like the trow of the Shetland Islands, the Sylvan hide things at night in odd places, but also, like the Grogan of the Scottish Islands, it will assist farmers in threshing corn and other chores. Seven Inches In the fairy tale The Three Crows, the fairy Seven Inches, so named as this was exactly how tall he stood, he used an enchanted boat to kidnap the king's daughter and took them to his home in Tiananog, the underworld. The Seven Whistlers, very similar to Gabriel Hounds and Wish Hounds, only in appearance the Seven Whistlers are less like a fairy animal and more akin to a banshee, 
as they are harbingers of death. These spiritual fairies fly through the night sky making a frightful baying sound. By morning seven people will have been found to have passed away. Sometimes they are described as looking like a flock of seven birds. Shagful, also known as Tatterful. In Lincolnshire, England, there is a shape-shifting brag known as a shagful. It travels the roads in the guise of a shaggy donkey or horse with fiery eyes. Frightening in appearance, this very animal would chase a person. But there are no tales of it actually catching or hurting anyone. Pick Tree Brag is a well-known shagful. Shaitans, also known as the Mazikin, the Shaitans, the Shidim, the Shadim, the Shaitan, the Shaitan. Created by the fire of Allah, the Shaitans are a type of jinn, appearing their natural form as wisps of smoke, very ugly, with the feet of a rooster. Although they do have the ability to take on a solid form, according to Arabic law, shape-shifting to look like an animal, a regular person, or even a seductive woman. Ruled over by Iblis, king of them, their behaviour varies from madly mischievous to purely evil. The purpose of the, these um, jinns is to tempt mankind into sin. However, some of the, these beings have been converted to Islam and are faithful servants of Allah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Shamantin, also known as Raman. In the folklore of Ashante, the people of West Africa, Shamantin, tall ghost, is the wife of the nature spirit known as Sasabonsan. Like her husband, Shamantin lives in the forest and, sitting in the cotton silk tree, waits for travellers to pass beneath her so she may grab them up with her legs. Unlike her husband, she only detains for a few months people she captures. While in her custody, Shamantin forcibly teaches her prisoners the lore of the forest, described as being immensely tall and completely white. She in nai feyanid. On the Isle of Man on Dolby Mountain, it is believed if you put your ear to the ground, you can hear the she in nai feyanid, the sound of the infinite, the voices of the fairies underground. Shifro also known as Siafro. Male Irish trooping fairies fond of dancing, feasting, horseback riding, hunting game and raids are described as wearing green coats and red caps. The Shifro live communally in castles beneath the fairy fort. Like most fairies who live underground, the Shifro are indeed shape shifters. <laughs> and this is the first episode of the fairies i do hope you have enjoyed it thank you for listening to it and many blessings hello everyone welcome back to my channel enter the world of fairies so we're still on the letter s the second part of the letter s and we're going to continue right where we left off we're on the Shekaso. They're similar to Hamadryads of classical Greek mythology. They are tree spirits or gnats from Burmese folklore. They live in the trunk of the tree. Shellicote. The Shellicote is one of the Fuath, a collective name for the malicious and monstrous water fae and bogey. In Scottish folklore, found in freshwater streams, wearing a coat of shells that rattles when it moves, the Shellicote takes great pleasure in leading travellers astray. There are many tales of this fairy, and is a little trick, but it never does any harm, nor does it lead the person into a dangerous area, simply just out of the way they were meant to go. The Shioquis In the folklore of Ireland, the Shioquis are the fairies who live in the thorn bushes. They hold them sacred. Generally, these fae are benign. Their worst crime, perhaps, is their dancing and singing are so beautiful and relaxing mortals forget their cares and stop to listen, except for the habit of stealing human infants and replacing them with changelings. It is very rare to hear a tale where one of these fairies has injured a human, but in Down County, 
two people were said to have been killed by them because, after having been warned, they pulled up some thorn bushes which belonged to the Fae. Shinsin. In Chinese law, the diminutive Shinsin live in a state of blissful ease, exempt from the cares of human life. However, they hold an influence over mortal affairs. These nature spirits are believed to live in mountains and woods. They have appeared as both old men with long beards and young maidens. Shitta. According to Burmese folklore, the Shitta, the moon, are one of the four different species of gnats of the air. Generally, they are considered to be beneficial towards mankind. Once a year, they are worshipped by the village chief, and sacrifices are not required. Shock. A bogey and bar guest from Northern England law, Shock has been described as a goblin-like monstrous dog sporting a mouth of full teeth and large claws on its paws. Regionally, it is said he has only one eye. Completely nocturnal, it was believed anyone who clearly saw Shock would die soon thereafter. But, if they only caught a glimpse of him, would die a few months later. Bar guests seem to become a staple fixture in the area or community, and several have been named, such as the Bar Guest of Burnley, the Black Dog, dog of Winchester, Black Shook, the Demon of Tidworth, the Dogs of Hell, the Gidigi, the Dog of Darkness, the Hounds of Anwen, the Mawathe Dug, the Muddy Doon, the Padfoot of Wakefield, the Pitry Brag, the Skriker, Striker, and Trash. Shoney, also known as Shoney of the Moose and Shellycoat. Shoney, a sea or nature spirit of death in ancient Scottish law, was originally a sea demon described as a large man with thick, shaggy hair covering his head and the ridge of his fins running down his back. This ancient sea spirit was especially well known on the Isle of Lewis. Yearly human sacrifices were once made to Shoney by slitting the throat of a crewman and throwing him overboard. Shipbuilders would bind a man to the logs used to roll the new boat into the water in the hopes it would please the spirit. Shoney later evolved into a god of the sea, who appeared on land wearing strands of shells that clattered, announcing his presence. Offerings of ale were made to Shoney of hollow tide in hopes it would let seaweed wash up on the shore. Evolving yet again, at this time, into a trickster spirit, it would pretend to be a drowning man, and when about to be rescued would laugh and swim away. Preying on fishermen and sailors, Shoney keeps the souls it captures in its castle of jagged coral, which lies on the ocean floor in the North Sea. Sometimes the location is said to be off the coast of Scotland. When a man falls overboard, it was the ancient custom to not attempt to rescue the man because of Shoney. He must receive his equal quarter of souls. If an attempt was made, it was said Shoney would take the rescuer and leave the would-be victim alive in his place. Shoney is similar to, and possibly the predecessor of, David Jones and the old John, in that he keeps those who drown at sea eternally in his realm. The Shupilti variations of Kabbalushti. In Shetland and Orkney Islands, Shupilti are playful little water horses. They are said to be friendly to humans they encounter along the shoreline as well as sailors. It has been over 100 years since a Shupilti has been sighted, but at one time they were said to be numerous in the North Sea. Short Hoggers. Variation of this name is Whittingham. In the Whittingham region of Scotland, there were believed to be a fairy named Short Hoggers who would run back and forth through the community, wailing and otherwise causing disturbances. According to the law, this fairy came into being because a local child died without having been baptised. For many years, the residents were afraid of it, but one night a drunkard on his way home came across the fairy and addressed it as Short Hoggers. As is often the case in fairy law, naming the fairy was enough to banish it forever, such as 
Dunsoin Rumpelstiltskin. Schreiker, also known as Skryker, a monstrous black dog with glowing yellow eyes from the regional folklore of Lancashire, England. Schreiker is a death omen and, like the Banshee, his distinctive bear can be heard from miles away. Taking the form of a cow, dog or horse, it follows people down the road and when they notice it, it attacks. Shug Monkey Shug Monkey is a fairy animal from the fairy lore of Holland, described as looking like it's half ape and half black massive. It is very similar to the bar guest. The Black Shug and the Galley Trot now this one is Shovud. In Armenian folklore, it's a household spirit. It's active only in the beginning of March, a shapeshifter also, and it's like a brownie in fairy tales, will take on the appearance of a cat in order to enter into a home. As a household spirit, a well-treated one would reward the occupants with little gifts of gold. However, if it was mistreated, it would cause no end of strife before it finally would leave. It's sometimes used as a nursery, nursery bogey to keep misbehaving children in line. Siabra, also known as Shivra and Siabre, mentioned in the medieval Irish manuscript, the Book of Leinster, 1160. The Tuatha de was said to be the horse of the Siabra, fairies, a species of contemptible, dangerous, powerful and malicious fairy. So feared and hated, to call an unruly child a little shivra was an expression of the greatest disappointment. These fear were often called upon by the ancient druids to do harm to their enemies. One such tale claims the Siabra choked King Cormac Macab to death with the bone of a salmon while he ate dinner one evening because he was considering converting to Christianity. Siar Sia was one of the many dwarfs named in the Belospa. Sib, one of the fairies mentioned in the literature of Robin Goodfellow. She had three brothers, Grim, Patch and Pinch, and four sisters, Gull, Lick and Lull, and Tib. Sib acted as a spokeswoman for her siblings and explains their nightly actions, such as of leaving money behind to those people who leave out clean water and towels for them to bathe in. Sixa. In Slavic lore, the Sixa was a nature spirit who had the ability to shapeshift at will. This fairy was known for playing pranks on people who made a living working in the woods as well as on travels. Sihi. Sihi, people of the fairy hills, or something which controls the elements, is a word used in Ireland and the highlands of Scotland to name the very tall, shining race of fairy people who are believed to belong to both the earthly and heavenly realms. The word Sihi and the Tuatha de Dionon are used interchangeably. Their name is derived from the ancient burrows or fairy forts where they are believed to reside. The Sihi are said to be extremely beautiful and although youthful in appearance give the impression of being aristocratic, mature and powerful not just in body, but in ability and mind as well. Sihi were generally skillful artisans, but were considered expert and excelled in baking crafts, dancing, hunting, metalwork, music, raids, spinning and weaving. As many of their tales will show, they held beauty, fertility, generosity, love, loyalty, order and truth in very high regard. They would repay in kind any generosity or hospitality afforded to them. They would offer their assistance to their favourite humans and would on occasion take one for a lover or a spouse. There are some families who still lay claim to the fact their bloodline carries sea blood. Many animals, both domestic and wild, are associated with the sea and there are numerous stories of their great love of horses. Although, as general rule, fairy horses were beautiful, they were also too dangerous and wild for a mortal to ride. Fairic cattle were generally benign and helpful to mankind. The Sigrun. In Nordic and Teutonic mythology, Sigrun was one of the named Valkyries, obviously a nymph of 
battle. Sheila. They are said to be the weakest of all the types of a djinn. They have the ability to appear, though, in any form, therefore can shapeshift very easily. Silent Moving Folk. The variations of this name is People of Peace and Still Folk. In Scotland, the silent moving folk are fairies living in the knolls and mountains of the highlands. Silenus and Silenai is its variation. In Greek mythology, Selenos was the oldest and wisest of the satyrs, an attendant of the god Dionysus. Often drunk though, apparently. Silifrit, also known as Thratin Thratin. In Welsh law, there was a fragmented tale of a fairy woman, a woman of Sihi, who made a habit of borrowing from local widow women. Although there were no deviations to the tale except for the name being sung in the song. The story is the same for all three fae. Silly Frit was a fairy who routinely would visit a woman and borrow her paddle and gradle. Upon returning these items would reward the women with some loaves of bread. One day the fairy asked the use of her spinning wheel so she may spin some flax. The woman was inclined to extend the favour and asked the fairy its name, but the fairy would not give it. However, the woman listened to the fairy who sang as she spun, and in a song revealed her name. Little did she know that Sini Frit is my name, is what she sung. The Siliniats. In Polish folklore, the Siliniats were a species of nature spirit who resided in the forest. Silke, its variation of course is Selke. In Scottish folklore, a Selke is a type of domestic fairy to a brownie. She would sneak into homes and do whatever chores had been left undone she would do. However, if a house was left in perfect order, she would kind of mess it up a bit. Taking her name from Silk, white gown she wore, Silke is associated with the harvest. The word Silke is also connected to the seal people known as the Ruan. Siltim. Siltim is a dear Eve from Persian law. Lives in forest groves and solitary places and take on a human form sometimes to do injury to man. Silvanella. A fairy in Italian law, Silvanella found the body of Narcissus and immediately fell in love with him. Knowing they could never be together, she raised a marble tomb over him and then, unable to stop crying, dissolved away into a fountain. As she disappeared, she cast a spell on the fountain, causing its water to reflect the face of a young girl so beautiful and captivating, any man who saw it would not be able to leave the fountain. Sylvanes, Italian weather fairies, or nature spirits. Sylvanes, meaning wood women, have backward facing toes. These nearly invisible fae mate with Sylvani, and produce little babies called Voletti. And then we have the Sylvani, which is basically the partner to the Sylvaness. Simona. Simona is an APU who lives on the mountain peak in the Andes Mountains. Sindri, meaning Sparky, one of the many dwarfs named in the Veluspa. Simlap. According to Burmese folklore, the Simlap. The givers of wisdom were a species of gnats. Generally, they were considered to be beneficial towards mankind. Once a year, they are worshipped by the village chief. Sacrifices are not required. Sinope. In classic Greek mythology, Sinope was one of the naiads, the daughters of the river god Asopus. Sir Calador. A fairy knight named in Spencer's Fairy Queen. Sir Calador was renowned for being courteous and honest. He quested to defeat the blinted beast. His lady is called Pastorella. Siren. In classic Greek mythology, the Sirens, bewitching ones, were a type of malicious nymph, born the offspring of the ancient sea god, Phorkes, or from the drops of blood that hit the earth from the broken horn of Archelaus. Ancient sources are very conflicting on this. Half bird and half woman, she and her sister would perch on the rocky Sicilian coastline 
and luring sailors with their melodious song. Once caught, their prey were eaten alive. Although they hunted the coastline, they lived inland in a meadow. And again, it's conflicting because some say they're also mermaids and not actually sirens. And it depends where you read it from and who's telling it, it will change, you know. Scaffin was one of the many dwarfs named in the Veluspa. Also was Skandar, he was another dwarf named in the Veluspa. And Skavera, Skavidra were two others named in the Veluspa. Skegold. In Nordic and Teutonic mythology, Skegold was one of the named Valkyries and nymph of battle. Skilliwidden. Skilliwidden was an individual fairy child who was said to have been adopted by the farmer of Terridge in Cornwall, England, and raised as his son. He called the foot tall child Bobby Griglands. One day the fairy's mother came looking for her child, and no sooner had she found him than the two of them simply disappeared forever. Kind of sad. Um, so there's Skog's Fru, but it does have variations. Skogran, Skogsra, Skogsgri, and Skog's Fru. Swedish folklore, they are a race, beautiful wood nymphs with a siren-like voice. They are described as having a back as hollow as an old tree and a fox tail. Any man who falls in love with their charms and engages in sexual intercourse, well, <laughs> he'll lose his soul, firstly, but usually she does kill them. They are solitary fairies and they hold the power of the forest, particularly interacting with humans, but they do often take men as lovers and frequently give very good, albeit unwitting advice in the form of herbal recipes. There are no male ones. And then she does take great delight in causing poor hunting, causing travellers to become lost in the woods, sending unacceptable erotic dreams to men, stealing cattle and sheep, and tricking or marrying Christians. Most of the tales of these fairies are between it and a mortal hero. The exchange ends victorious for the man, as he avoids an unpleasant consequence of some sort. They're kind of like um, the Holdras, but there's a lot more to them and many more stories regarding those than the Holdras. Skogl. Skogl in Nordic and Teutonic mythology carry a through with one of the Valkyries, a battle nymph, obviously. Skoftrold, wood troll. In the mythology of Denmark, Norway and Sweden, the Skoftrold, wood trolls are a type of nymph, malicious and constantly trying to injure mankind. Typically they are found in the densest areas of the wood, so a place where you wouldn't necessarily find them, you would have to go deeper in, I suppose. Skrat, also known as Skrato and Skrathings. In Teutonic German law, there is a fairy animal called a Skrat, similar to the British Bogart and the Irish Clure Charles. It is described as looking like a chicken caught out in the rain. Its wingtips and tail drags along the ground. Reported to live in beech trees or caves, the Skrat has the ability to shapeshift into a cat, dog or goose, or a hair-covered man. Any family the Skrat lives with soon become rich. However, in Saxon law, the Skrat was reputed to attack women, especially pregnant women. Skrykeer Originating from the fairy law of Yorkshire, England, Skryker is a fairy animal, appearing as a black dog or a bar guest. It has the ability to become invisible. This fairy received its name for the horrific scream it makes while invisible. It has been said Skryker is a death omen appearing to someone who will soon have a death in their family. It also splashes in ponds creating a disturbance and will stalk behind travellers and walk down lonely roads at night. Those who have attacked this fairy have never been able to deliver any sort of damage to it, as there has never been a successful solid blow hitting it. It is likely weapons are passing right through these creatures. Skrimsel 
a fairy animal from the folklore of Iceland. The Skrinsel is said to live in lakes and along the coastline. Malevolent and malicious fairies, they are especially unfriendly towards humans. Sinking fishing vessels that sail along and they're described as looking like an overturned ship between 180 and 240 feet bobbing along the surface of the water they have a hump on their back and a blowhole that sprays up jets of water similar to a whale so they kind of just look like a a plank of wood you know that's got a bump in it i suppose the skritek the skritek is a household fairy from the folklore of germany it's kind of like a hobgoblin it's described as looking like a small boy Living behind the oven or in the stable, this brownie-like fae will not only assist in doing household chores, such as herding animals sweeping and weaving, but also share in the family's joys and sorrows. To this day, little wooden images of him, standing with his arms folded across his chest and wearing a crown upon his head, are found in many traditional homes. Scold Similar to the fates of ancient Greece, there were three principal Nornias in the mythology of ancient Norse. Skuld, future. The youngest of three sisters, she represented the future. In addition to being one of the Nornia, Skuld was also one of the Valkyrie. In art, she was depicted as being veiled and holding an unopened book in her hand. Looking away from her sister, Uda, she had some golden threads in her hand. She was giving to her other sister, Verandi. To weave into the fabric of time. Sky, a hamadryad in ancient Greek mythology. The slough, the slough, the host, was what the unsealy court was called in Scotland. The fairies of slough were believed to be fallen angels who roamed the sky at night looking for lost souls. Slough was said to be responsible for causing death and sickness in domestic animals. Its variations are slow, slough, and slough. So it does have variations of names. The Sluag, host of the unforgiven dead. Fairies of the Scottish Highlands, the Sluag, were considered by some scholars to be fallen angels rather than fairies or ancestral spirits. But no matter what they are, these beings were generally considered to be the returned souls of mortal sinners. Flying through the sky from west to east like a flock of birds, these fairy spirits seek out the souls of those who have recently died. It was custom a baby never be left near a west-facing window for fear the slag would take it, even if the baby had been baptised. Schmiergato, a domestic fairy from the folklore of the Lap people of northern Scandinavia, the Schmiergato Buttercat was a popular, familiar spirit. It was well known to steal butter and bring it back to its master. Described as looking like a cat, this fairy was oftentimes a blessing to the household the family it adopted and assisted in prospering. However, any wealth or prosperity bestowed was taken from the neighbours and nearby farms. Basically, it was a thief. The, the fairy was a thief. It used to just, you know, steal things. The Snow Queen in the folklore from Denmark, the Snow Queen is the Queen of Fairies, and she is described as being dazzling and beautiful as ice crystals. The Snow Queen lives in the ice realm and travels down from the Arctic in blizzards. She incites men to follow her, but to love her means instant death. Sojabo Sojabo is the leader of the Tengu, a type of bogeyman from Japanese folklore. Solblindi, meaning sunblind, one of the many dwarfs named in the Valuspa. Sombreron, also it's usually called the El Sombreron and the Goblin. El Sombreron Big Hat is a bogeyman figure in Guatemala, South America. He's described as being a short, strong man dressed in black boots, a large hat and a thick belt. He makes a great deal of noise as he walks, so he usually rides upon his deer with the golden horns. A nature spirit, a protector of the forest and animals that live within it. According to Mexican law, the El Sombreron is a bogeyman, a giant, headless man who flies through the sky on a white horse. They believe it copulates with mares and then breeds their tails. The son of Ivaldi, 
In ancient Norse mythology, there were said to be four sons of the dwarf Ivaldi, and he was one of them. Les Suin Suin, a Kandestrabogi invoked from French fairy folklore of La Brice region. This sleepy time fairy guides children into a deep slumber filled with wonderful dreams. There's popular nursery rhyme with it as well um, that you can sing, but it's obviously in French, not in English. Spear Wife, also known as Elf Damsel, and it has a variation of Prophecy Wives. In Icelandic folklore, the Spear Wives were described as looking like a diminutive peasant woman who was believed to live in ancient burial places, burrows and mounds, considered being sacred to the Sihi. Similar to the woodwife of German and Swiss law, these fairies were experts in herbal magic and healing. They are tales of mortally wounded heroes who would smear their blood on a fairy fort and make offering of meat and return. The resident spear wife would heal his wounds. Hmm. Sparta, a nymph from the classical Greek mythology of Rome. She was one of the naiads. Spio. She was a sea nymph, she was a Nereus from Greek mythology. Spencer's Fay, English poet and premier craftsman of modern English, was verse Edmund Spencer, is perhaps best known for his epic poem entitled The Fairy Queen, 1590, a fantastical allegory in the mortality of life and what conditions are necessary to live a life of virtue. Throughout The Fairy Queen, Spence used the word elephants, elves, fairies, fairies, fays and fees freely and interchangeably when speaking of fairies. It was through this work all distraction became the different species of fae was lost and fairies became the established name of popular elves. Spawn, also known as Spurn, a type of hobgoblin from folklore of Dorset, England, the spawn was said to be a malevolent type of nursery bogey. Parents would tell their children, if they did not behave, the spawn would come and get them. Spore. A tutelary nature spirit that embodies fertility. The spore watches over the cattle's in stables and the growth of corn. Spriggins. Members of the unseely court. In Scottish fairy law, spriggins are bearded, short, ugly goblin-like fairies with large feet and spindly limbs. They are utilised by the unseely court as bodyguards, wearing clothes covered in ornamental bits of stone, allowing them to be mistaken for a rock pile. These vicious fairies are often seen at old ruins, where they are the guardian of lost treasure. Spriggins are generally very dangerous and destructive fae. They have the ability to blight crops, create whirlwinds to destroy crops, grow large in size and pretend to be the ghost of a giant, create bad weather, kidnap human children and are skilled thieves. Hanging a horseshoe over the window will keep the spriggin from entering your household. If a toad should enter into the home, it may invite one of these malicious fae in. Should a spriggin gain entry into the home, throw a garment that has been turned inside out at it. If struck, the spriggin will apparently just vanish. Sprite the word sprite is a general term to refer to elf, fairy or pixie with an unpredictable nature, kind of like nereads or sylphs. Spunkies. In English and Scottish folklore, spunklers are always spoken of in the plural tense and are said to appear as malignant goblin like will-o'-the-wisp. The spunkies will act as a light off in the distance and lure travellers off the path, causing them to become lost as they travel at night. Whenever they can, these injurious and malicious fairies will lead a person off a cliff. Yeah, which is not nice. Off the Scottish coast, they are also sometimes blamed for causing shipwrecks, as they will mimic the light of the lighthouse, luring ships into the rocks. Squant. In the folklore of the Mapanog people of Massachusetts, United States of America, come the lore of the squant. The sea woman or mermaid living along the coast of Cape Cod. Described as a square-eyed giant with a head of seaweed hair and webbed fingers, like the siren of ancient Greece, she has a beautiful singing voice. But Squant uses a song to push violent storms back out to sea. When angered, these storms return and crash along the shore. Stalo. 
In Andrew Lang's orange fairy book, Stallo, was an ogre appearing in Sammy Fairy Tale. In the folklore of Lapland, he's described as being one-eyed, wearing clothing of iron stallo, was a fierce, fierce man-eater. Staphael, a name from classical Greek mythology. Um, Sterop, one of the Oriads from classical Greek mythology. Sith is a mischievous fairy spirit in the Scottish Highland law. It's especially bothersome to women who are suffering with labour pains and it's known to take newborn infants. Stilbo, one of the 3,000 daughters of the Titans, Oceanus and Tethys. Storm Ag, on the bottom of Lake Erie near Presque Isles, Pennsylvania, United States of America, lives a water fairy by the name of Storm Hag. Described as being hideously ugly, she has pale green skin, poisonous talon-tipped fingertips, shark-like teeth and yellow cat-like eyes. Custom says before she attacks, the storm hag will sing a song few have lived to tell. Traditionally, her ghosts come into the water, love, dance beneath the waves, where dwell the bones of sailor lads inside my saffron caves. Once the song has ended, she calls up a violent storm, and riding the waves, reaches up into the ship and snatches up the crew, one by one, with her long and strong arms. Strabo, according to an ancient geographer, Strabo is a type of nymph, um, and usually an attendant to the to the gods, such as Dionysus Bacchus, growing up. Stratilai, in Swiss folklore, the Stratilai, a nightmare, and her malignant cohort, Strudeli, were wood nymphs living in the forest near Lake Lucien. Taking particular delight in destroying the fertility of fruit trees, they would then move on to occupy the lifeless tree. These two fairies are said to have destroyed entire orchards. Local tradition had it on January the 6th, the feast of the Twelfth Night Boys, would walk the woods and orchards banging gongs, ringing bells, and sounding horns in the hopes of frightening these two malicious hamadryads away. I wonder if that worked. Strudeli. In Swiss, Swiss folklore, Strudeli is basically a witch. That's all. And um, also known as a wood nympho, living in a forest near Lake Lucian. Strymo. Strymo was a nymph from the town of Troy in Throd, Anatolia, in Greek mythology. She was one of the Naiads. Stelusen. Stelusen was a dwarf, like many of the others, named in the Voluspa. Styx, also known as Styx and Styx, born one of the 3,000 daughters of the Titans, Oceans and Tethys. Sudre meaning south. He was the dwarf. This is kind of a dwarf of the south, as we know. There's different kinds of dwarfs from, from each point. And the Sudre are the south, dwarfs named in the Voluspa. The Ostre are the east, the Nordi are the north, and the Westri are the west. Suk, ancient Greek mythology, Suk was a hamadryad of the fig tree. Sumas Kazo, but also was known as Grandilili, Grandinili, Grandinaili. In Sardinia, Italy, it is believed wind wells are caused by a nature spirit called Sumacaso. Sighting one is an omen of an upcoming misfortune. In southern Italy, these little fairies are said to wear red clothing and live in the hollow of oak trees. Svea. One of the many dwarfs named in the Voluspa, and there's actually quite a few of them named in the Voluspa that begin with S, but they do all sound more or less the same. Sien, also known as Sienvik, a type of household spirit from Slavic folklore of people living in southeastern Europe. The Sien are a type of a djinn who enter into the arms under the guise of a domestic animal. Once within, the Siam become tutelary guardian of the family. It is also believed each forest, lake and mountain also has one of the tutelary Siams. The Syke, 
The Psyche was a hamadryad from Greek mythology. Sylph. The hermetic and neoplatonic doctrine from which all medieval medicine and science was founded describes the elemental classes air, earth, fire and water. A cordial and vessels belong to the air class, gnomes to the earth. Undines to the water, salamanders to the fire. In Greek mythology, the sylph butterfly, actually, was said to be long-lived, small fairy, the ability to shape-shift into human guise if they wanted to. But regardless, I know them as sylphs because um, I've learnt about them since I was young, basically. Sidings. In ancient Greek mythology, a nymph Sidinx had caught the attention of the god Pan or Faunus, who relentlessly pursued her. She always rejected the advances of the nature spirits and satyrs, preferring to live as a virgin huntress. She did not want to be raped by Pan and begged the gods to save her. Taking pity on the nymph, they transformed her into a patch of reeds. Pan cut some of the reeds and fashioned them into a set of musical pipes. In other tellings, Shrinx was saved by being consumed by the earth, and from the place where she disappeared a patch of reeds grew. Pan engaged, tore the reeds apart, but realising his loss, released a sigh of sorrow, his breath passing through the broken reeds and creating the first set of Pan pipes. <clears throat> However you want to take that is up to you. They are the two different stories linked to how Pan got his music and his pipes, I suppose. But that is the rest of the fairies now in the letter S. When we come back, we'll be able to move on to the letter T. Thank you so much for listening. Please hit that like, share if you can. And if you've not yet subscribed, please consider doing so. Many blessings.